Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 45 of the Powerhouse Podcast, season two. I cannot tell you how incredibly excited I am about this episode. If you guys have followed me for any length of time, you know that I am absolutely obsessed with a personality assessment called the Enneagram. Yes, that is how you pronounce it if you've been seeing on an Instagram, and I've been wondering how the heck do you say that word. Yes, it is Enneagram. I have Jeff and Beth McCord on the podcast today. They are the leading experts in the nation on the Enneagram. They literally have an email list over 700,000 people and 240,000 followers on Instagram. It is safe to say they are absolute powerhouses, definitely worthy of that term. And I'm so excited to dive in today that you guys get to listen to this conversation. I asked the real questions, the tough questions, the things that I've been wondering about the Enneagram for a really long time. So please enjoy the second episode of season two, the second full episode, and Jeff and Beth. Welcome everyone. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. We are in 2020. This is going to be the second episode of the podcast that is released under season two of the Powerhouse podcast. Um, Upon the time of this recording, I am now Miss Nebraska USA, which so many of you guys have been praying for and behind me for over the course of 2019. So thank you so much for your support. But today I'm so incredibly honored and excited to welcome Jeff and Beth McCord, the founders of YourEnneagramCoach.com. So thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Megan. So for those of you guys who are listening, y'all all know that I am obsessed with the Enneagram. I fell in love with the Enneagram about, I'd say a year and a half ago, and it really just helped me understand myself as a coach and a mentor in other people's lives. And now I have been able to help unlock some so many things in my personal clients and my mentees through this incredible, incredible, not just the personality test, but it's so much more than that. And so a couple of things I wanted to highlight for y'all before we really start this interview is Jeff and Beth are also best-selling authors of an incredible book called Becoming Us. And they also just came out with some journals that are type specific for you. So you guys can go ahead to the link in the website. Everything is on their website, yourenneagramcoach.com. There are tons of resources for you guys. If you have no idea what the Enneagram is, you will by the end of this podcast, but also they have some absolutely just astounding resources that can really help you in your walk of your identity and your journey and um, all about you and so we're super excited about that but Jeff and Beth just thank you so much again and I would love to first just start off by asking you guys how in the world did you get started with the Enneagram I'd love to hear a little bit about just your background and how this all started for you guys yeah well uh, Jeff and I actually got married at the ripe old age of age of 20 and (laughs) um (laughs) So by the age of 25, we had already had two kids. Uh, Jeff was in full-time seminary mode and part-time work. I mean, it was just a really busy season. And as you can imagine, not only when you're in your 20s, especially getting married that young, do you not know much about yourself, let alone the other person. So we had a lot of bumpy road, you know, like our our ups and downs. Um, And there were times where I just was frustrated because I know Jeff wanted to know more of me and about me. And... I just didn't know what to offer and I didn't know how to change. I didn't know how to grow. So it was really frustrating. Um, And that's when some good friends of ours shared with us the Enneagram because their counselor had showed it to them. Um, Jeff looked it over and he thought it was really intriguing, but with all the studies he had going on, he didn't really dive into it, Um, but I devoured it. And I found my type pretty, pretty soon. Um, I'm a type nine, the peaceful mediator. And type nines actually know themselves the least because we 
let go of our own desires, passions, wants, so that we merge with others to keep the peace and harmony, um, which then made sense why I couldn't offer him more about myself because I didn't even know about myself. I was constantly merging with him and others. Um, and so that really was helpful for me to describe that. And what's so intriguing about the Enneagram is it's basically your internal diary being exposed, right? Like why you do what you do is on the pages of Enneagram books and such. Um, and so it was creepy and exciting all at the same time. <laughs> um, but it gave me words and language to talk to Jeff more in depth and for us to really grow in our understanding of one another, to have compassion and empathy, um, forgiveness, love, mercy, in ways that we never could have or would have just on our own. Um, or in, it probably would have taken us decades to get there if we had done it on our own. And so it really sped up the process of knowing ourselves and one another on a much deeper level. Yeah, and, and I'd say, you know, if, um, if you're married and your spouse is not listening to this um, and you're trying to get your spouse to listen to this, make sure that you put this part in or you show it to them on your phone. I, I had found that the Enneagram gave me so much insight into my wife's heart. It's very common for men to say that, hey, I, I don't understand women. They're a mystery. And here is a basic tool that gives you language and clarity on what your, your wife may be struggling with and how you can help her. And so I despite your reluctance of being put in a box or wondering if this personality tool is going to be helpful or not, if you would just trust me in this one moment, you know, I remember in, in the movie, we bought a zoo, 20 seconds of courage, take, take a few minutes, find out your type at your and then ask your spouse, whoever is significant in your life, tell me how you experience your type what are the burdens you carry and what are the joys that you have about being who you are? And I promise you, I promise you, uh, it'll be the biggest win uh, of the year <laughs> for your relationships because the Enneagram is such a helpful tool. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So what I found in my clients a lot of times, um, it's funny, almost all of my clients end up being a two wing three or a three wing two. I'm an, an mm. Enneagram eight wing seven. And then my boyfriend is a two wing three. And also yeah. my parents, my mom is an eight wing seven and my dad is a two wing three. So the same as my ah. boyfriend and I. Um, and he was so excited for this too. We were chatting yesterday. He's like, it's tomorrow the day, you know? And, and so <laughs> I would love to ask you guys, um, what is the, the greatest thing that you have seen that the Enneagram has been able to unlock in terms of identity. Cause I think what I see in a lot of my clients being achievers and helpers is that they can find themselves getting stuck in the validation of my achievements, or again, even learning to um, put my own needs first and ask for what I need. Um, but what do you think is the biggest transformational aspect that the Enneagram can help unlock for people in terms of building their identity and their foundation? Yeah, I mean, we always go back to the fundamentals and how we describe it in your Enneagram coach is the core motivations. So a lot of people will look at personality tests and they're seeing their behaviors or what comes outside of them, their preferences. But with the Enneagram, it's all about why you do what you do. And the Enneagram is like an internal GPS. It shows you your current location, which is your main Enneagram type, 
and what the healthiest destination is for your Enneagram type. Um, that's important distinction because we look around at other people and compare ourselves and think we should do what they're doing to be better or, or whatever it is. And that's not necessarily true. We want to focus on how were you created and designed? What's the healthiest destination for you, but also what derails you? What gets you sidetracked where you're like driving on the highway with this internal GPS and you veer off course and you land into that ditch. What's helpful is to use the Enneagram also like a rumble strip on the highway and it alerts you when you're distracted, you've fallen asleep to yourself and you're going to fall into that same pitfall that we do time and time again. The Enneagram now can alert you ahead of time so that you reorient yourself to uh, the best direction for yourself. And so the core motivations is key. Now, a lot of people might go, yeah, 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 we want to go deeper. Really, it is the core motivations that will take you deeper for yourself and your relationships. And the core motivations are the core fear. This is the thing you're always running away from or trying to prevent. The core desire is the thing that you're always wanting to try, you're trying to obtain. If I just get this, life will be perfect. The core weakness, which is also called the passion or the deadly sin. This is your Achilles heel, thorn in your side, the thing that's constantly tripping you up. And then last but not least is the core longing. This is the message your heart longs to hear. And you have tried to get this from parents, teachers, coaches, uh, careers, spouses, kids, whatever. What happens with the core longing is we think everyone else sees the world the way we do and should give it to us the way we expect it because we're giving it to everyone else. Why aren't they giving it to me? Well, the desire of having this core longing said to you or shown to you, that in itself is not wrong. What happens though, is we tend to move it into a demand. And then when that doesn't work, we then start to judge others for not doing it. And when that doesn't work, we punish them. Wow. That only leads to destruction in our relationships. But if we understand what that core longing is, and for us, with your Enneagram coach, we do um, our coaching and our materials through a Christian perspective. What we see is that God has satisfied that core longing. We try to get it from people, careers, shopping, eating, movies, whatever, you name it. And we'll always be thirsty. We'll always be dissatisfied because Nothing on earth is designed to give it to us to the extent our heart longs for. Now, they're, they're great, like, additions to what we call the spring of living water, which is God. If we drink from the spring and we can have as much as we want, then when someone gives us a little bit of water, it's like, that's incredible. Thank you so much. Like, but if we go the opposite direction and we try to get it from all these other sources first, they're just giving us a little bit of a drink. And we're dying of thirst and we're going to be upset. We're going to be dissatisfied. And that only hurts our relationships. The biggest thing I could say to people is really focus on these core motivations. One, in finding your type. Two, in how it operates in you. When you get activated inside, why? What is going on under the surface so that you can become aware, talk with others about it, and then continue on your best, healthiest path instead of veering off course into a common pitfall. Wow, that's so powerful. Jeff, do you have anything to add to that? Um, you know, the way that I initially, that your question landed on me, um, I'm reminded of a phrase that a mentor and friend uh, shared with me years ago. 
and he said, we don't like glory. Now, that's using a, a biblical term that we were made in the image of God to reflect something of the character of God to people. And we don't like God's glory, so we hide. And we don't like our own. Oftentimes, we live so much out of envy and comparison. And the gift of the tool of the Enneagram is that it reminds us that not only have I been made uniquely, but that my path of becoming who God intended for me to be is going to look different than others. Mm. And I do not need to be ashamed of it. As a matter of fact, our Enneagram type in one sense is the bad news that this is the strategy I'm using to live life apart from God. But it's also part of the reminder of his care and design in that I am made this way. So as an Enneagram six, I am both very mindful of the future and can use all of the gifts and talents that God's given me to try to make the most secure future that I can. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it is also a part of my gifting that I bring to my family and all my relationships is a level of loyalty and commitment to them that is a genuine gift that reflects God's character of faithfulness and commitment to his people. So we are both ends, and the Enneagram just holds it like a non-judgmental friend, like, yeah, you're a mess, and God loves you. And so embrace it, and you don't have to try to change it. You don't have to become something else. You are exactly who God intended. Yeah, so beautiful. So I'm curious, because obviously we'll have all different Enneagram types um, listening. What would you say to people, I'm thinking of a couple of people in my life specifically who are like, well, I don't have a type. I can't be typed. I won't take the test. Do you find that there is a specific personality type that won't take the test more than others who think that they can't be typed? Um, and second question, what are just some basic steps that people can start to take if they figured out their personality type and they're like, okay, I want to figure out my core motivation, my fear, desire, weakness, longing. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think any of the types can actually go there. Um, Jeff and I, we talk about, we say going around the wheel. If people see the symbol, it's, there's a circle with a nine pointed star in the middle of it. And so we just kind of call it the wheel. Um, and you can take anything, you know, people who procrastinate. Well, all nine types can procrastinate, but they'll do it for their own reason. Um, avoiding to know their personality type. Well, they're going to do it for their own reasons. Um, and so, but I would say there's probably, um, and I'm, I'm not going to necessarily reveal which types it is, but I would probably guess there's definitely a couple that would be more um, likely to do that than the others. Um, and, you know, there is, there's, there's concern, there's fear for a variety of different reasons that people don't want to be known on this level. Um, and it's understandable because unfortunately, a lot of people are using the Enneagram incorrectly. Mm -hmm. They're using it um, as a sword or a shield. They're using it as a sword and joking, belittling, sarcasm, or just being outright mean about someone else's uh, personality style. Mm -hmm. Or they're using it as a shield, like, well, that's just who I am. You know, you're just going to have to deal with it. Like, that is not what the Enneagram is for. The Enneagram is to develop compassion and empathy, mercy, grace, love, um, not only to others, but to ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. um, and to extend that, but also to transform. The, it's a tool, a map of growth. 
not a map of surrender and like, oh, this is just who I am. Just deal with it. That is not how we want to use it. So I, I, I can understand and appreciate that if people are around others that use it incorrectly, I wouldn't want to tell anyone my type either. Yeah. Um, and so I would just really commission people to use it with gentleness and love because it's the most exposing you and others will ever be. And so when I tell you I'm a type nine, I am giving you a lot of information, a lot of sensitive information that you could use for harm or good. And so just recognize that if someone is hesitant, there might be more going on than meets the eye. And so be gentle with that. Wow. That's really powerful. Really powerful. Jeff, anything to add to that? No, sometimes it's uh, a, a, like Beth said about walking the wheel, uh, to always remember when using the Enneagram, it is about the core motivations. So if they're resistant, it's because something of their core motivations is activated. Uh, and so, I, you know, if you got lemons, make lemonade. So if there's resistance, just follow up with a kind and curious question. Well, tell me why you're so against taking the Enneagram. Wow. And what you'll end up finding is that there's probably evidence of what their type is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like an Enneagram ninja trick. <laughs> I love that. Well, as a, as a coach myself, obviously I'm always trying to facilitate it's with good questions, reveal the right things, you know, and as a coach, it's hard because you always want, sometimes you want to just tell the person what you see right away. <laughs> sure. Self-discovery aspect is so beautiful. Um, and that's something that admittedly I'm trying to get better at all the time. But, but for those of you guys who are listening, I hope that you or watching, I hope that you guys or even in, in the perception of Jeff and Beth can see the level of love and empathy that they carry. And having heard just a bit of their story in the beginning, I think, you know, even from my perception, we meet you and we're like, well, they never fight a day in their life. Like there's no <laughs> way that they have. Any life. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that's right. But you guys do carry such a level of love and grace. And I think that's what's so beautiful is that God created us to walk in the fruits of the spirit. And God has given us tools and keys of the kingdom that enable us to unlock those things. And so I've even learned something today. So I just want to say thank you so much of even fear, desire, weakness, and longing. I'm thinking of conversations that I've had with individuals or conflicts that I've had with individuals. And when you can feel like you're pressing on that button, rather than especially me as an eight, uh, <laughs> press the button 10 times more, <laughs> being able yes. to have empathy and say, oh my gosh, wow, I can appreciate that difference in another human being and yeah. growing a love and an appreciation for their pain or the thing that that might be poking on. Like I, that, that's really, really beautiful, you guys. So I, I appreciate that because I think even understanding these four things, when you see now that when a person is experiencing an emotion that maybe you're not experiencing again as an eight, instead of attacking it and wanting to just say, well, stop it. You can say, yeah. oh, wow, like I have those two and they're different. And I can yeah. appreciate that. And I want to actually relieve that pressure for you. How can yeah. I do that? And that's such a great way to see it because as you know, as an eight, you're totally right. Like I, I call eights big snowplows, like a diesel snowplow that's up in the, the north because we need them. We need those diesel snowplows to get on those highways and to, to pave a path. You can't just get a little Ford pickup truck to you know, shovel it off the side of the road. Like that's just not going to work. Mm. So we need the strength and the tenacity and the courage to get out there and plow a path for others. But we also don't need them to nick us on the side of the road or plow over us. And so what you're saying is excellent because what you're recognizing is, wow, I do have these gifts, these strengths, 
but I also need to use that diesel snowplow in such a way that is the benefit of others and yeah. not the destruction of others. And, and that can't be hard. Like you were saying, as an aide, it's like, well, I can kind of disengage from my emotions and just push in harder. But what's so cool is if you recognize, okay, your, your core longing, let's just say, we'll just even start. Well, your core fear is to be harmed, controlled, manipulated at the mercy of injustice. And you want to protect yourself and those in your inner circle. Um, you'll do it with the core weakness of lust or excess where it's intensity, control, and power. Yep. Um, but your core longing is to hear you will not be betrayed. Mm-hmm. So that's one of your greatest fears is to be vulnerable and to be betrayed and harmed. And, and so to recognize, so for an aid out there to recognize if you're with another person and they're struggling with their core weakness or their core longing, whatever it is, it's easy for an aid to go, wait, what? Like, just keep going, be strong, be, you know, but now all of a sudden you can go, whoa, that level of pain for them, their core fear, their core longing, all those things are at the same level of me feeling betrayed. And though I don't really get where they're coming from, from their angle, I can sure, I sure know what it feels like when I'm hurt and harmed from my vantage point. And so what it's doing is think of each of the types having sunglasses on that have different colors. Mm -hmm. You're wearing maroon, I'm wearing purple and Jeff is wearing orange. Now you have the ability to take off your maroon colors for just a second and put on mine, they're purple, or Jeff's that are orange. And just for a second go, I get it to a point. Like I'm still an eight. I'm not going to be you, but at least now I can extend love and I can extend mercy and move towards you in ways that I probably couldn't have before because I really thought you should live the life that I'm living or see it the way I see it. And so that is where the Enneagram is so radically powerful if you're willing and able to remove your glasses for just a second and see the world through someone else's perspective. Wow. That's so beautiful. Um, A question that I think will really help people are, and I've always just wondered this. So I want to talk a little bit about like wings and triads and those kinds of things later, but being a a gut person and then there's um, head person, right? And then there is a, what's the other one? Heart. Heart person okay so um are there certain questions that for all of us that um are maybe some high level questions of like how can i help or things like that that can unlock making someone feel safe in a moment i've always wondered this even for my own relationships are there certain questions that you have found are very successful um that don't provoke a negative emotional response in other people that continuously make individuals feel safe regardless of their type that we can help that that can help me that can help everybody listening that you would recommend um being able to ask individuals who are experiencing an overwhelming emotion because i would just love that for my own life um if you guys have any recommendations for those questions i have a few thoughts but jeff do you have anything that's jumping out yet it's funny that you uh, mentioned this megan and uh related to uh, Beth and I story as well. So uh, yesterday when we were in the waiting room with our to go see our counselor for two hours. Um, yep. it, we, uh, we go to our counselor every week. Cause <laughs> just to, yeah, just to let everyone know, like, guys, you're not going to be without faults and weaknesses. That's right. So we, we have a standing appointment, not be- always because there's always an issue. But there was an issue at like literally as we were driving there, the issue was there. It was like, oh, perfect timing. Let's go talk. About it. <laughs> Let's just but but just to recognize, like, just because you know the enneagram and you you know have this relationship with God doesn't mean you're you're 
you're going to skate through life and it's heaven. That's just not reality. So this is about utilizing tools and resources to grow, to transform, to have deeper relationships, even when it is a struggle. So anyway, go ahead, Jeff. So uh, it, it was kind of funny because in, we, we really were in our dance. Like we are doing what we've been doing for 24 years now. And I, I go into the room. Beth doesn't want to sit next to me. Uh, so she's standing there to my side. And I looked down to the chair next to me and it was a Psychology Today article on how to trust your gut or why you should trust your gut because type nines are part of the instinctual triad. Now, this is just another um, way that the Enneagram describes personality. It's not just, a, it's not about behaviors really, but it's all these things happening underneath and instinct is one of them or gut. And so in the midst of this argument and just in kindness, I say, Hey, Bethy, you might want to read this article. And at first she was like, I don't want to read psychology today. I'm like, no, no, no. This is, this is your ninja skill. This is your lightsaber. This is what God's gifted you with. And it looks like there's an article in here on learning how to use it. And, and, and here's the thing. And what's really difficult about the Enneagram is that each of those uh, triads um, are a unbalanced way of dealing with the world. And so whether you're in the thinking triad, the feeling triad, or the instinctual triad, there's an imbalance. Mm -hmm. And so you can benefit from the other triads. But the way to get to that point is usually through affirmation. Mm -hmm. So I'm for you. I'm not against you. So literally, at times, whenever we're making a big business decision, I will say to Beth and point to her gut and say, I trust that. Or I've noticed some people will say like uh, to me, hey, Jeff, I appreciate your thoughts, but I think you may be overthinking this. So yesterday, what kind of got us going with, I mean, we were in a meeting and I was overthinking it. And then Beth sends me a text and it says, hey, sweetie, we're okay. Like, it, it's just a reminder that your gift at times can become your burden. Wow. So, so affirming it so they don't feel like they have to defend becomes the opportunity that actually becomes a gift to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Another thing I would say is um, in helping asking good questions is when you see someone activated um, for whatever reason, whether sad, mad, even happy, well, what activated them? Ask clarifying questions. So how did that land on you? What's going on? What was activated? Or um, let me understand you a little bit more. You know, basically, I'm taking off my lenses and I really want to learn about you. And, and to have true curiosity that is non-judgmental and receptive. Now, that's hard for some types. Some types, it's super easy. It's what they do all the time. Um, but to truly almost like physically remove your glasses and say, I'm here to learn from you from your vantage point, um, it, it shows a level of disarming um, that you're not trying to attack, you're not trying to belittle, you're not trying to harm. Yeah. The other is, is the same but kind of opposite in the sense that I know there are times that I need to say things to Jeff or do things that could activate him as a six. For instance, if, if we are into conflict, I want to withdraw. That's what nines do, we withdraw. Sixes are uh, more emotionally reactive, so are fours and eights. 
Um, and so I know that by me withdrawing, that will activate a core motivation of his, which is his core fear of being abandoned. So remember, these core motivations are literally the linchpin of why we do what we do. And so if I, as a nine, get overwhelmed in a conflict and I just want to hightail it out of there because I need to process and think and allow my internal world to calm down, though there's nothing necessarily wrong with having time and space to think and process and come back to the situation, if I don't clarify what is going on within me, it is only going to activate him and he's going to assume, we call it a suicide, he can create or believe suicide that we or that I'm bailing, that I'm no longer in this, which is not ever my thought process, that he can assume incorrectly my motives. But what if I now say, hey, we're in the thick of it. I cannot continue this conversation. I feel like I'm going to explode like a volcano. I need time to process and think I'm still in this with you. We're okay long term. <laughs> you may not be okay in the moment. I'm still here with you. Give, give me some time and space to process this. Mm -hmm. That helps him to not get so activated inside at his absolute core. Now he may, he would probably rather talk about it right then, mm -hmm. but now he has an understanding of where I'm coming from. So we want to ask clarifying questions of others, but we also want to give clarifying statements the best we can so that things can land on that other person in a much better way. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh my gosh. And that is so, I so appreciate that because I'm obviously thinking of my own relationship and my own relationships, even with my family. And my goodness, you know, you just wish that they would teach these kinds of things in school or <laughs> just like in the Christian community, to be honest, which thank goodness, yeah. I think we're making steps. Like I was just even talking with my best friend who went to an Enneagram class at um, a different church that she didn't even go to and she got so much out of it and it was awesome. And, you know, yeah hopefully, you know, there's, there's not really a uh, standard of excellence necessarily of like what they're trained on. So hopefully like it's good training according to your guys' standards. Um, but I think that it's so important just to even learn. I mean, I'm taking notes as you guys are talking, even of like, okay, it's so good to hear that an eight is emotionally reactive because when I know that about myself and I can catch that, you know, just like mm -hmm. you guys said earlier. And I think about um, just other types and I have a lot of twos in my life. And so they test my patience sometimes because they stretch me emotionally. And for me, I just want to detach and be done with it. Or literally like eights want to attack the weakness in the room. They just do. And I don't know why I'm wired like that. I just am, you know, maybe because my mom's an eight. Um, but it also helps me understand why my mom and I used to get in, in get into it as mm. when I was a child. I would argue. I would always want to know why. I would always need a reason for everything. And then we just blow up at each other and walk away. But then, you know, an hour later, we're totally fine. And there's no bad blood. There's no anything. And so it's so funny because my boyfriends even watch my mom and I get into it sometimes. And it's like 10 seconds. You know? <laughs> and he's standing, yeah. he's a two and he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my God, like freaking out. And we're like, what? Uh, you know, because an eight, yes. we're both on the same level. And we're like, what? Nothing even happened. And he's like, you just destroyed sure. each other right in front of my presence. And so yeah. it's just so beautiful that we can, you know, when you can own it and you're just like, you know what? I am an yeah. imperfect vessel. And also I think it gives you the compassion to say, sorry, like one of the yes. most beautiful things that I've learned as an eight is to own my crap for lack of a better term. It's just like, yeah. yeah, you know what? I feel anger more than any other emotion in the world. And you just made me mad. And I don't care if it was the most beautifully 
like unassuming thing that is a beautiful too you just did and you're just trying to love mm -hmm. me and I'm like stop it but once you know that about yourself it, it moves you to compassion to even be able to be like I was an idiot like I'm so mm -hmm. sorry um yeah but a question that I want to ask too is how do you guys coach people through um turning the wheel a little bit to, to insecurity in general, because obviously all types can be insecure, right? Maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm not a professional. Maybe certain types feel insecurity more than others. Maybe it's the feelers, maybe it can be anybody. I know my personality type, I feel like leans more on the side of narcissists just naturally, um, mm -hmm. which is something that we have to be aware of. But how do you help people take those first steps out of insecurity? Because I think of like for you, Jeff, as a six, um, with the, you know, the fear and those types of things. And, and just for all the twos and maybe the sixes mm -hmm. in my life, how do you help people take those first steps? Um, is it in those core fears and longings? But I'm, I'm just really curious about that. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. I mean, every type has their insecurities and they're going, but they're going to display it differently. So an eight, your insecurity is that you're going to be harmed, betrayed, manipulated, blindsided. So you, that's, being vulnerable is extremely hard for Nate because you are for you're, you're convinced someone is going to use that to harm you. Yeah. And so your insecurity looks very different. And so what, what eights do is they go on the offense mm -hmm. instead of being on the defense, they're going to be on the offense. So they look strong, they look tough. But what's interesting is eights have some of the most tender hearts but because they're so afraid, think of their heart as having a third degree burn. Like if you have an arm that has a third degree burn, you're not going to just like let it just be out there in the open and letting people bump into it and stuff like that. You're going to put something around it. You're going to shield it. Eight's heart is so tender that they have put up a wall of protection and it's very intense. It can be rigid and it can be harsh. It can be blunt, but it's a way to keep people from harming their vulnerabilities. Um, and so eights, the, and the reason why I brought yours up first is because I think so many people would think that you don't struggle with these insecurities and comparisons, mm -hmm. but you do. It just looks very different than like you were talking about, let's say like the heart type mm -hmm. who the heart types will, they struggle with a lot of shame mm -hmm. and insecurities around their identity. Cause they think they have to be something in order to be loved. Yeah. It's different for each of the three, the type two, three, and four to think they have to be the most selfless person mm -hmm. in order to be loved and not rejected. The threes think they have to be the most accomplished and successful and admirable person in order to be loved. And the fours believe that they have to show a unique, authentic, um, beautifully um, attuned to their emotions type of person in order to be loved. Um, and so all that to be said is that each type is going to have their own insecurities but it's still going to be revolved around those core motivations and how they manifest it outwardly. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. You know, and uh, the one thing I would add to, um, there's a great book by Alison Cook called Boundaries for Your Soul. And it, it's a particular uh, modality that's used therapeutically called internal family systems. But uh, I'll, put it into personal vernacular for myself. There are insecure parts of me and then there are confident parts of me all at the same time. And the way that uh, 
Paul describes it uh, in the book of Colossians. He says that these strategies are destined to perish with use, which means the more that I am inclined to listen to these insecure parts, the more I will continue to create situations and relationships where I feel insecure. But if I'm oriented to these confident parts of me, give attention to it and allow these things, despite what I may be experiencing, to take the lead of my internal world, I will find that I bring more confidence to relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, when I think, and I 100%, like what Beth said is so true, every type is insecure when it comes to their core motivations and that type strategies or relational style come out of that. And so it's not just certain types, it's all types, but to be able to name and be able to clarify where does that insecurity lead you? Because it always leads you to your own diminishment. It proves that you're insecure, but then to spend time thinking, where does that confident part of my heart show up? Mm. And how can I encourage it? How can I see that penetrate more of my relationships? Wow. Um, and, and you might find, I mean, it, the, here's the thing about the Enneagram. The Enneagram is not a destination. It is a journey. Mm-hmm. So we've had the benefit of working with the Enneagram for the past 20 years. And we are still learning yesterday I am unfolding something I never realized about myself in this, but I never would have been able to address it had Beth and, not, Beth and I not created the safe place to be curious about one another's heart and to be able to talk about it. And the Enneagram gave us language of how to describe what was happening. And so don't be afraid to name this insecure part. Um, I've got a couple of parts of my heart. I even, I give them names. Um, so there's, there's Tommy and there's Joe and I have a team meeting with them. Like when I wake up, where am I feeling insecure today? And how is that? How can I address it with what God has offered me, what my family has offered me so I can enter into life with more confidence and courage. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Well, and also I would say, you know, as, um, you know, like you do coaching, I do coaching, a lot of times people are reading books or listening to sermons or whatever it is they're doing to try to better themselves. Those are all really great things. But what you have to also put into the equation is your type. Just because I, you know, I want to grow doesn't mean I go and follow a certain person who might be better um, in their teaching style for, let's say threes. Hmm. Um, I might, I might want to learn and gain some insight, but to compare myself with what that person is doing at the level they're doing it would be harmful to me as a nine. The, the growth path for me as a nine is very different than a three, a four, a five, you name it, any of the types. And so to understand that comparison is only going to diminish you and not enhance your own growth, you know, so Yes, gleam from other, because we want to actually, when you become your most healthiest self in your type, you actually are kind of letting go of constraints and you're able to actually take on some of the healthiest aspects of all nine types. And so what you'll find is you'll naturally do things that other people are doing that are great. But if you think you have to become like someone else, Mm -hmm. that's when you're going to really fall. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think 
a hundred percent I understand that and and I've had so many conversations with people of different types than me just as you know an eight seven you naturally like a coach just a hundred percent just like I want everybody to be better um and, and that encouragement piece of it which I'm so grateful for but I think if there's one thing that I would want people to know about themselves is just to embrace all the 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 confident, wonderful, beautiful things about themselves. You know, I tell my feelers a lot of times, I'm like, you guys, I wish I was that in tune with my emotions. Why do you think I blow up in anger? <laughs> like, you know, and sometimes I think specifically with um, people who are really, really feely or maybe the overthinkers too, you know, whatever. It's so funny because we can circle these things and think, oh, I'm not like this. Um, whereas people like yes. you just avoid all of it, you know? But really, like, it's, it's a humbling thing to realize that the gifts that God has given you are different but equal. And I think if we yeah. can just learn that, like, God has a solidified place in this world for you with an individual calling that is beautiful and unique and specific yeah. that he needs you for. He needs your type. And you are also yeah. so much more than your type. You know, he needs you as an individual to be able to, to fill that hole that otherwise is an established hole in the universe, you know, or whatever in the world that... God needs you to fill because he has a kingdom purpose for you. So I would yeah. love to ask you guys kind of, as we start to wrap this up, um, what are some steps that individuals can start to take to coach themselves in how to catch their triggers, how to catch their fears? Um, because I know a lot of individuals just get so in their head and they don't know how to stop that thought train. I think of a lot of yeah. my clients as they're competing in pageants or starting companies or just working on their identity they're like, Coach Megan, oh my gosh, like, I, okay, now I know that I do this, but I just can't stop the thought train. So how do you yeah. encourage individuals to start doing that? Well, um, so the first thing is some of these people that are kind of listening or watching, they don't even know their type. So mm -hmm. a couple of places just to kind of just on-ramp people into, into then going into their real journey. Um, go to your Enneagramcoach.com. The upper right-hand corner is a link to our free assessment. But that's not definitive, okay? Because if you don't know yourself very well, you may not answer the questions as accurately as you think. Hmm. So use it as guiding posts. We'll give you um, scores for all nine types, percentages. Then, and you can put this in your show notes, go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash core motivations. And it's a free PDF download of all nine types, core motivations. Um, one, do that one so that you can find your types, core motivations. But also you're going to then have this kind of cheat sheet for all the night types core motivations and why people get activated the way they get activated. This is how you can start to put other people's sunglasses on and see the world through their lens. Um, the next step is we have a coaching course called discovering you. Um, this is where I break down what the Enneagram is, how to use it in an overview of all nine types. So if you're still stuck or you just want to know the Enneagram better, that's a great resource. Once you do find your type, we have um, what we call explore you. This this is where you're going to learn more about how to understand why you do what you do so that you can stay on your healthiest path versus veering off course and getting frustrated that you're stuck again. Um, now, we're always going to get stuck. That's just part of being human. But how, your question is, how do we grow to be stuck less often? Um, <clears throat> in our Exploring You course, we explain how to do that for your personality style. So I, I've what I do in five coaching sessions in person, I've broken that down into an online pre-recorded coaching course. So that's one way. But in a nutshell, what I'm doing is I'm training you how to set up your own rumble strips. So like on the highway, the rumble strips that alert you and wake you up, that you're veering off course again, 
before you now fall into that common pitfall, I want those rumble strips set in your life so that when you do that pattern, you will be alert and go, whoa, if I keep thinking this way, if I keep acting that way, if I keep feeling this way, that's what's, what's going to happen. I have a choice now to make and I can choose a healthier path that is still in line with my personality wiring or I can choose to just keep going off into mm. the cliff. Um, and that, so I'm going to bring up all of those awarenesses that you need to have in your life to create those ongoing rumble strips so that like, like I said, if I'm activated and Jeff and I are in a disagreement and as a nine, I'm going to want to hightail it out of there mm. so I can calm down. Mm. But I, but I now know why, and I can better assess, is this the right time and place to do that? So I'm alert to it. And if it is something I really do need some time to calm down so I don't kind of explode, mm -hmm. then I can notify him of what is happening inside me to then have that conversation versus just reacting. So again, the biggest thing I would say is to learn about your personality style with these rumble strips that you're going to put down in your own life mm -hmm. so that you can navigate yourself in a much better way. Jeff, do you have any thoughts? Um, the only thing... I we've created a lot of resources and Beth's done an excellent job of helping people to go from not knowing their type to uh, gaining the transformation that they desire. Uh, principally speaking, I would say for anyone, uh, the first thing is this, that you, people have to recognize that the pain of staying the same mm. um, has to outweigh the pain of change. And if that's not uh, where you're at, and that and that's perfectly fine. God is not anxious about us. He's not worried or concerned. He will accomplish his purpose for our lives. And so you have to ask yourself the question, do I really want to change? Uh, and then number two is the idea of surrender. Um, and that's primarily going to come as you are learning about yourself. The Enneagram is going to, like I said earlier, it's a non-judgmental friend. It's going to name who you are whenever you're not healthy, and it's going to give a vision of who you can become when you're at your healthiest. But, you know, a, a fun recovery phrase that I hear often is that um, naming is not changing or observation is not transformation. So just by naming it, that doesn't do anything. I wish it did, but it, it's going to take work. And by surrender, that means that you're going to surrender to the process and you're going to surrender to receiving influence by those who dearly love you. So as a six, I, I received my wife's influence that Jeff, I think you're overthinking this. Hmm. Something's happening. Yeah. And even though I may not be aware of it, I needed to surrender to her influence hmm. and be curious and allow the Holy spirit to bring something alive in me that God was doing through this particular circumstance. And so it was a real gift. And he happened to use some very important people in my life to give me clarity on it. And so surrendering uh, means that we're laying down all the strategies of our personality type in order to come alive to something that maybe Christ has for us. Hmm. That's so beautiful. Everybody, I was going to say, I needed to hear that. Everybody needs to hear that. Um, Okay, so a couple things to kind of close this out. I do, because we promised people, I do want to hit a little bit on just an overview of what like wings mean, what the different triads are, tri types, you know, those kinds of things, not to get too in depth, I know it's like a left turn. And then finally, um, after we talk about that, I would love to close it out by just inviting people to how they can 
begin coaching with you guys, what that looks like in the future, and maybe a little bit about how um, Enneagram coaching, like what to expect is the same or different than like a counseling approach if they've been to a counselor before. Mm -hmm. But sorry, a little, little left turn just as we close this out first and then I'll ask that yeah. question. Um, I'd love just to give people who maybe are agreeing to this a little bit of an overview of some of the more intricate parts of the Enneagram. Yeah, so again, the Enneagram is your internal GPS. Um, it tells you your current destination and your health, you know, where you want to go. I mean, your current location and your healthiest destination. Um, but just like a GPS has other features to it, you know, it tells you where the road closures are and restaurants and all these different things. So does the Enneagram. So inside the Enneagram, there's different features that will help you to navigate what's going on at any given moment. So one of those is your triad. So there are, there are three triads and there are three types in each of those triads. And this is your centers of intelligence. So each of us have a heart, a head, and a gut. But one of those is where your main type really um, shines. And so the gut type or the instinctual gut type is the types eights, nines, and ones. These three types, there's so much to be said about it, but these three types really lead from their gut. Um, they struggle with a desire of wanting justice and they struggle with an emotional imbalance of anger. Now it's different for each and all of these, anyone that's in any given triad, each type is different inside the triad. So eights overdo their anger, nines suppress their anger and underdo it and are unaware of it. And the ones repress it and it comes out sideways. Um, there's so much more to be said, but it's just helpful to realize that emotional struggle um, though they have that similar is also different. Um, and they all want justice. The eights want justice for the weak and the powerless and the innocent. The nines want justice and that everyone is welcome. Everyone can gather around the table and be equal. And the ones, what they want is they want justice of morals, ethics, procedures. They want what's right. Um, now the heart triad is the types twos, threes, and fours. They're going to struggle with the emotion of shame. And they're also going to desire an identity, a significance. So the twos, their shame is that they believe that they are, they're not enough um, and that they're going to be rejected unless they offer themselves in service of some kind or helpful advice. Um, the twos, um, they want to be seen as the most helpful, the most kind, the most generous, and they believe that that will earn them love. The threes actually experience their emotions the least because they know how to push it aside and focus on success. So a lot of times what you'll see is they aren't tapping into their emotions um, and they want the significant identity of being the most admirable, successful type of person. The fours, on the other hand, they struggle with shame thinking there's something defective and flawed about them and they desire a unique identity that is their own and only their own. Um, and that it's real and deep. Um, and that will, will bring others towards them and others will love them for this uniqueness. And then the last triad is the thinking or the head triad, the five, six, and sevens. They struggle with the emotion of fear or anxiety and they want security. Now the fives fear um, anxiety that they don't know enough. And so they're constantly looking and observing for more information to gain a certain amount of knowledge and insight to be capable. And they think that that knowledge will bring them security. The sixes are what most people think about when they think about anxiety. 
they're thinking about all the potential negative outcomes, worst case scenarios, um, and they think that if they can figure it all out and know how to prevent and preclude negative outcomes, that will bring them security. They also look outside themselves for those that will bring them security, people that they trust. And then the sevens, they actually, they'll probably sit there and go, wait, I'm not afraid of anything. Um, yeah, they actually are. They're afraid of being trapped. They're afraid of emotional pain. They're afraid of being limited and bored and missing out on something fun. They think, and they don't want to have to deal with the internal world. They just want to go have fun and be positive. So they think security comes from going to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing that's fun and exciting. And they think that that's where they're going to find security um, versus getting away from the anxiety. So the head, the heart, and the gut, we have all three. We use all three, but one reigns supreme. And that's where your type resides. So that's the triads. And then the wings is another component of the Enneagram. And the wings are very simple. It is the two types directly next to your main type. So I'm a nine. And when you look at the symbol, the nine sits at the top like a clock, but we just don't have 10, 11, and 12. So nine sits at the top. Next to me is eight and one. Those are my wings. Think of wings as um, salt and pepper. And your main type is a filet mignon. Now you can cook a filet mignon perfectly without seasoning, but is it really going to be at its ultimate best? I mean, yes and no, right? So if we use our seasoning correctly, meaning we are healthy and we're using our wings, those two types next to us, and we're bringing in attributes and enhancing us with those attributes, it actually flavors and brings out the best in our main type. So we don't become our wings. We still have the core motivations of our type, but we're using these attributes from our wings, okay? But if you are not at a healthy place, you'll use your wings in a not healthy place. And that would be like over-seasoning or under-seasoning, and it's not gonna enhance your main type in the degree that could really be there. And so we wanna know what our wings are, and we wanna know how we are accessing them, and we want to learn how to access them in a way that actually benefits us and others all the more. So those are just the wings and the triads. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, so I, I believe I'm pretty like split with an eight and a seven. Does a, mm -hmm. so do I have a nine wing at all or is it just like mm -hmm. favorite? Okay. I do. Yeah, so, you do. I would, but I, you, you one, you can use your wings sometimes in different places, different circumstances. So for instance, I use my eight wing kind of in my everyday life, mm -hmm. um, but I can definitely bring in that one wing when I get to work and mm -hmm. I need to be more detailed and I need to be more precise. Let's say in creating a, um, a slideshow presentation, instead of being so, um, eights are much more um, big picture. Mm -hmm. that which is super helpful but when you're trying to land the plane and make sure a presentation is spot on you want to get in those details and so I can see myself kind of shifting back and forth now do I use my wing in every given moment of every single day as much as an eight no but I can access and utilize that's why I call it salt and pepper so yeah. you, can't, you can't access it so for you you'll just have to think through when are there times that I'm more diplomatic I'm more patient I'm more understanding I'm more receptive it could be with kids. It could be with uh, your clients. It could be your, wherever that is, you're accessing your nine. The mm -hmm. nine is more non-judgmental, receptive, long-suffering mm -hmm. on the behalf of others. And so it just takes time. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to be using it a ton if seven is a much more dominant feature for you. But at the same time, I always 
um, encourage people to access the way they use less, not because you must create balance, but I do think there's much to be said in balance in general. And how can we use both in ways that are going to enhance us to the degree that's going to benefit ourselves and others? Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Jeff, do you have anything to add to that before we close it out? No, Beth's the Enneagram expert here. I just tag along with some pastoral <laughs> thoughts, so she nailed it. <laughs> it. Uh, types, types working together, 101. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for being on today. I really feel like I could talk to you for two hours, and I might need some coaching sessions myself. Now I'm like, I want to know all these other things. I'm yeah. your courses. Sure. I'm so excited. Like we talked a little bit about over email, but I really mm-hmm. would like to get Enneagram certified too. So. Why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit about what the pathway forward looks like for people yeah. who are now like, whoa, this is cool. I want to know more if it's just for myself, yes. if it's because I have a burden for this and I want to help others. Tell, I would love yeah. to tell our audience how they can take those steps. Forward. Oh, yeah, we'd love to. Um, so again, go to yourneagramcoach.com, take the free assessment. One other reason why you want to take that free assessment is it gives you a 50% off coupon on Discovering You. And so you can then watch Discovering You. It's a quick two-hour broken down into 14 modules, about 10 minutes each with a beautiful 16 page workbook that you'll use like on a daily basis. It has so much insight packed in. Um, Use that to find your main type and to understand, just like what I was even sharing about the wings and the triads, I go over that and then some in that course. So you'll get a real good understanding, but think of it as like a Cliff Notes version. It's not complex, but it is profound. Um, So that's a great place to start. Once you find your type, then there's two options. You can either buy the new journals that we've just put out in Barnes and Noble, Amazon, it's called the Enneagram Collection. And there's one book for each of the nine types. And it's a 21 day gift book journal. So it's a book and a journal in one. And I'm going to walk you through all these little components of your personality type. Now, that is an appetizer to my Exploring You course. My Exploring You course takes you further and literally it's, it's me in the upper right-hand corner. You'll see a little picture, a video of me. And then I'm walking you through these customized guide sheets on your type. And I'm literally coaching you like I would my private clients um, in transformational process. And that is a very accessible and affordable way of doing the same material I do in my private coaching. Now we have private coaching. My time is super limited. And so is Jeff with all the travel and things that we have going on. But we do have endorsed coaches on our website that you can um, if you if you know, I've got to do private coaching because that's just the way I learn. Perfect. We've got certified coaches that we have um, handpicked and trained ourselves for them. And then the last, or actually the last two, is once you've done exploring unit, you can do it as a couple too, or friendships or, or a family. Watch them together, the videos. So you would get one for a type eight, Megan, and then uh, your boyfriend would be a type two and you'd watch it and go, oh my gosh, now I know you so much better. And then you know yourself better. Um, But once you've done that, if you're a married couple or a couple that wants to grow, we have a Becoming Us course. Now this is where I, I have 45 of them for all 45 couple types. And there are eight modules and I literally am showing you how the two of you operate together when you're not doing well and when you are doing well in communication, conflict, family of origin and becoming your best selves together. So they're very specific, um, but they're, they leave you with hope and you know how to move forward. Then the last but not least, really where most people come is our Becoming an Enneagram Coach course. And this is where 
people can come, whether they're counselors, coaches, um, ministry leaders, or people that just want to be co like coaches or just dive deeper into the Enneagram, this is the great course for them. It is just full of everything they need from learning about the Enneagram, how to coach people, and then business practices. So that is becoming an Enneagram coach. And so with all of that, that's the wide gamut. So people can start from the very beginning and go all the way to being a certified coach. Awesome. Well, that gives me a pathway forward that I'm super excited <laughs> about because all of that I'm obsessed. Just, I, I think it's just such a beauty to like knowing when you grow, when you grow yourself, I think that God kind of like the Grinch grows your heart a couple sizes. Maybe me as an eight too, because I feel like a Grinch sometimes. <laughs> me, right? Um, but it's just so beautiful because you, I think it's impossible not to grow in empathy for other people. And right. it just makes life, um, almost, I, I think you start to see different colors of life. You know, I'm somebody who kind mm -hmm. of walks in black and white naturally. And, um, for lack of a better term, it really does. It turns on the colors where you're like, wow, like I was looking at something this way and that was really selfish of me. And I think that there's just like a humility that comes mm -hmm. to life because you realize that you don't see other people's struggles as again, especially mm -hmm. as an eight, like an obstacle in my way, but I see it mm -hmm. as like, and I love how you guys use words like pathway and becoming and non-destination. Those, those words are just so empowering because that's what it is, you know, and yeah. those things in our life don't have to be roadblocks unless we observe them as those. But when you grow yourself, you really do grow a heart for God's people and realize that we are uniquely positioned with the people in our lives so that we can help them become our best selves so that the destination is to accomplish God's purpose for our life. So I just want to say thank you so much. You guys are an incredible couple that are truly changing the landscape of the world for, I think, Christians in general too, just because we need this. And I think we've had the word and we've had sermons and we've had podcasts, but sometimes we don't learn how to be self feeders with God's yeah. perspective of like, okay, all that's great. Like you said, but those are dessert appetizers. You mm -hmm. need to learn how to like talk here vertically with God and also talk to yourself. And so I just want you to know that you drastically impacted my life, even from a distance. Um, mm -hmm. And you're doing incredible things for this world, for young people, for people of all ages. And I greatly appreciate that. So thank you mm -hmm. so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real joy. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of season two of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm Coach Megan. As always, you can follow me at Megan underscore Swanson. You can DM us to join our email list. You can follow us at Powerhouse Pageantry or at the Powerhouse Project. And I'm so excited to get to continue to pour into your life spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, and relationally. Wow, that's a mouthful. In this beautiful year of 2020, never forget your worth, stand up for what you believe in, and allow your spirit to stand up on the inside of you to show you who you really are. Have a great day.